Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. There are moments in life... Where it's just that simple, there we go, where decades happen in a moment. You know, there are also decades that seem like they're done in days, like time flies so fast, but there's moments in our life where decades happen in one day. There are days where decades happen, and and today is one of those days where decades will happen Um, when you give your life to Christ, that's a day that decades happen. It shifts the course of your life for the rest of your life. When you, uh, when you have a child, that's one of those moments where your life has changed forever. It's a day that dictates decades. And in our life, we have those moments. And as a church, we have those moments where, where days dictate moments, where days set in motion things that carry on throughout this generation to the next generation and they keep carrying on for every generation. God has called us as a church to go out and bridge the gap, to make a difference, not only within our community, but in our families, in our neighborhoods. When the people of God walk out in the fullness of who they are, lives should shift, lives should change. There should be nothing standing in the wake of a believer, nothing evil standing in the wake of a believer, because we have been authorized by King Jesus to take the ground for the kingdom of God. And we've been going through Isaiah 58 for the last four weeks. This is the last message in this, in this series, Bridging the Gap. And so we're going to look at Isaiah 58 again. And I hope by the end of this, you know this passage, what it means, what, what God was trying to speak through Isaiah and how it matters today. And so Isaiah 58 verse 6 starts like this. Is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness? To undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and to bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover him, and not to hide yourself from your own flesh, then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and speaking of wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness, and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in the scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt, 
And you shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of the streets to dwell in. Whether you realize this or not, God has anointed you to carry on the work of God, of Christ through the power and the will of the Holy Spirit. See, his redemptive work is still alive and active through his body. And his body is sent to rebuild the walls, the broken places in the lives of people and restore the streets or paths that lead others to the gates of heaven. See, God desires to work through his people. He longs to work through his people. See, as we are saved, as we are sanctified, as we are filled, then God has asked us to go and do the same in the lives of other people. This church was formed on that, on that statute, that what happens in us will flow out from us and into the community and into the families, our families, and into the lives of the people around us. This church was called Waterhouse Church because that's what we feel like God wants us to do. He wants to fill us up and then send us out. He wants to put something in us to give out to other people. You know, I was talking to somebody this week and they were asking about the church name. They, they drove up and they're like, oh, now I get why it's called Waterhouse Church because the tower out there. Well, <laughs> here's how God works. Um, we changed the name, not knowing what God was going to do. And then as soon as we changed the name, we find out that they're putting that tower up. So the name preceded the tower. The city saw it fit to remind me every day of what God does. So and remind us every day of what God wants us to do. And I think we just, we don't realize what God wants to do through us. And I think so often as people of God, we're so afraid to step out and, and do what God's asking because, well, what if it doesn't work? What if I look like a fool? What if I look crazy? What if I step out and it, it just doesn't happen? What if we don't have enough? to do what God has asked us to do. And I'm talking a little bit about the building project today, but I want to talk about what God is building in you more than anything else. Because as we step out in this process to build this building, there's all those fears. Because as we run into obstacles, we run into things. We've already run into a few things with the city, but we're working it out. But are we going to have enough? Is it, are we going to have what it takes? Is this thing really going to happen? And we can, at that moment, get fearful and shrink back and say, well, let's not try to do so much. Let's just do this little bit of thing that just seems so easy or maybe a, that we can accomplish on our own power and our own strength. And I'm telling you, God has called you to do something outside your own power and your own strength. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. and, and many of us sit back and we're like, well, God, I, I know you've called me to do this, but uh, it just doesn't seem feasible. It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I'll tell you what, God, if FedEx shows up with all the stuff that I need to get this project done, then I'll go and step out and do it. And God's like, no, what I'm asking you to do is just walk. And along the way, guess what? It's going to be there. It may be a delivery driver. You may just find it on the side of the road, but God's going to give you what you need to do what God's called you to do. Amen. I want to read this passage to you out of Isaiah 58. I just read it to you out of the English Standard Version, but I want to read you out of the NLT, the New Living Translation, because it speaks a little more our language. And I hope that you really understand what God wants to do through us. See, the people of Israel at this moment, they were crying out to God because they were being harassed by other kingdoms. They were being threatened to be taken over. And so they were crying out to God. They were, they were fasting. They were throwing on sackcloth and ashes, waiting for God to answer them. And God's looking at them going, 
what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing these things? Don't you know what's important? And so he says this in, in Isaiah 58, Isaiah the prophet speaking the words of God to the people. I'm going to start in verse 1 to get this whole thing in context. He goes, shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout out aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? Why have we been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice us, God? I will tell you why. I'll respond. This is God saying. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. When you, when, but good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling. I heard somebody say this week, if you're fasting and you're still gossiping, you might as well just eat. Right. <laughs> might keep your mouth shut long enough to not gossip. Yeah, but the kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds, bending in the wind. You dress in burlap. You cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call a fast? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. Don't hide yourself from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then you will call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here, he will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading rumors. Feed the hungry. Help those in trouble. Then, then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry, restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the, desert city, the deserted cities of your ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of the walls and a restorer of the home. This church, our, our founding principles are four things. Restore lives. We want people's lives restored. We want to see Jesus come into their lives. Remove all that is not of him. Put him in their life and they walk differently. They're transformed by the power of God. Refresh others. We believe that, that relationships are authentic. They should be authentic and real. Like when you walk in, you don't have to be something you're not. You don't have to disguise. You don't have to come in and put on a mask or anything like that. You can come in and people will love you. People will help you. People will see you. That relationships are key in our faith life. If we're not growing in relationships with each other, we're stunning our growth. There's only some point, there's only a point in your life that, that you, can, you can grow to until you get people in your life to help you grow. If you're stuck, it's because you don't have the right people around you. 
renew hearts and renew minds through the preaching of the word. The word of God is central for the believer. If the word of God isn't penetrating our heart and isn't changing the way we think and our mind patterns, then you will never be transformed in the way that God wants you to do, and you'll never know his will for your life. We revitalize communities. What does that mean? It means the community should look different because we're here. If the communities aren't different because we're here, if there's nothing different about our community because we exist, then why do we even exist? See, the church has been called, like I said, to carry the work of Christ through the power and the will of the Holy Spirit. You have been called by God to do this. And God's telling his people in Isaiah, you want me to answer you? You want me to come and set you free? But he's saying to you and he's saying to us and he's saying to these people, but I want you to go set other people free. When you go set other people free, then I will come and deliver you. You want me to deliver your nation, Israel? But I'm I'm asking you to deliver your neighbor, the people that are right next to you. You start doing that and then I'll deliver your nation. Then I'll do something. He's saying, come on, guys, who's in front of you? Don't act wicked. Don't act like people that don't realize there's people next to you and expect me to move. Compassion always opens the door for the supernatural. Because God's telling them, when you do this, when you clothe people, you're going to be clothed. When you clothe people, you're going to be clothed. When you heal people, you'll be healed. When you feed others, you'll be fed. That's the formula God is saying. And it has nothing to do with working to get grace from God. It has nothing to do with that. We've got grace upon grace already given. But what it is, is us operating within the grace that God has given to us. As believers, we have the obligation to go and to show grace to other people because God has given us more grace than we deserve already. It's compassion. When Jesus walked on this earth, when everywhere he would go, Scripture over and over said that he would be moved with compassion. And when he was moved with compassion, he started healing people. He started feeding people. He started preaching the word of God to them. He started doing all the things that Isaiah 58 says that we should do. See, compassion is the key to see the supernatural happen. Because what he says is when you do these things, guess what? Your healing will be speedily. That's a miraculous healing. When you're compassionate, I will move and you will have your, my glory will follow you. That's, that's a miracle. That's, that's God working in those things. See, miracles always happen, and they always follow compassion. Jesus had compassion on us. It was his compassion that drove him to the cross. It was his compassion that, that made him do what he was called to do. And because of that, we reap the miracle of that compassion. We are set free because of his compassion and what he's called us to do. He delivered us because of his compassion. And if you're a believer, you walk in that compassion now. You walk in that grace, and you're just asked to simply give it out. Jesus told his disciples this. You think I'm doing great things? I'm paraphrasing. But you're going to do even greater things. Greater things that I have done, you will also do. You will do even greater things than I have done. Guys, we're part of the greater things. This is greater things. This is greater things. We sang that song this morning, right? This is great things. Yeah. This is good things. And then he says, when you do this, I'm going to work on your behalf. When you work on other people's behalf, I'm going to work on your behalf. And then this thing will happen to you. You will shine. You will shine in the world of darkness. I will guide you continuously. The Lord says, I am the good shepherd, right? He leads us. 
into green pastures. He leads us to lie down beside the still waters. He guides us continuously. Then he says, you will be strengthened. You will not be broken. Paul wrote in one of his letters to the churches, he says, you are perplexed on every side. You're, you are pressed in on every side, but you're not destroyed. Like you are pushed down, but you're not broken. We'll not be broken. We may be pressed in on, but we won't be broken. Then he says, you're going to flourish where you're planted. And you're going to be refreshed to refresh others. He says, you're going to have a spring of water flowing out of you. Come on, believers. When, you're, when, you, get, when you accept Jesus Christ, the Spirit comes in you. And guess what? Something bubbles out of you. It's called the Spirit of God working in your life. There's nothing bubbling out of you. Maybe there's something in there turning it off. You need to figure that out. And he says, because you do these things, then I will do these things. And because these things are now happening through you, I'm going to give you a new nature. I'm going to call you something else. He goes, you'll be called this, the repair of the breach and the restorer of the streets to dwell in. I want to talk to you today about repairing the breach, bridging the gap. See, there's a huge gap between believers and unbelievers. There's a huge gap between God and people who don't know God. And that's why Jesus came to bridge that gap. He came to close the gap. The temple model, if you go back and, and, and read in the Old Testament, the whole temple model was a way for people to get to God. That temple served as a bridge so people could come and meet with God and commune with God. The priest would go in and he would be that bridge for people to come meet with God. He would be that mediator for people to hear from God and have their, their sins forgiven. The temple model was basically where heaven and earth collided. You have heaven and earth. They're separated by our sins and by all these things, but the temple is where heaven and earth collided and we we're able to commune with God. And Jesus came to set up a new system. That old temple is gone. Now we are the temple of God. We are where heaven and earth collide. We are. The spirit of God in us is where heaven and earth collide. And God has called us as believers to go and to bring others to him. He's saying, I want you to restore that gap. Man, there's walls in people's lives that are broke down and the enemy is just running in and having his way. Scripture says the enemy comes to what? Steal, to kill, and destroy. And so many of us have the walls down in our life and he's just got free reign. He's walking in. I'll take some of that. I'll take some of your joy. I'll take some of your peace. Oh, your family, I'll take that too. I'll just take whatever because your walls are broken down and you have no one to build them back up. God has called his people to be a part of that, to build each other up. First Thessalonians 5.11 says you're going to, Build each other up like you've always continued to do. We are simply masons in people's lives to build up the walls in their life, to build them up, to strengthen them so they will not be under attack. We are to build each other up. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Their First Thessalonians 5.11. See, this is not just within people's lives, but also in the church itself. The enemy runs wild in churches because the walls are torn down. There's things that are broken that won't be fixed. And, and God's saying, you do these things, guess what? Those walls will be fixed. You start caring about the person next to you sitting in the seat. You start seeing them as a person. You start seeing them as God sees them. Paul says we look at people differently now because of Jesus Christ. We don't see them as this or that. We see them as people that need Jesus. We see them as people who need to be set free, people that need to know the truth. 
That's how you bridge the gap. That's how you restore the walls. And, and I want to ask you today, what do people call you? What do people call this church? Well, it's Waterhouse Church, but what do they call it? Do they say, man, this church, you know that church over there? When you go in there, there's something that happens. You know, you see those people in there? Something happens. It's a church that cares. That's being called. We go to Center Hope, we pray with people. They're so happy when we go, and they're like, man, your church prays for people. At the very least, can we be known as a praying church? What do they call us? What are they going to call you at the end of your life? What are they going to call you? Man, there's so many of you in here. I know people call you blessed. People call you all the time because they need something that you have that they don't. They call you safe. They call you a deliverer. They call you someone that can pray with them. So what are they calling you? What are they calling this church? And we're also called to rebuild the gap in our community. That this church comes to the people that need help. Instead of those people come to us, we go to them. See, our, our goal is to make spiritual pipelines into our community, into our schools, into the places that God has placed right next to this. I mean, it's a building thing, but God has asked us as people to go out of this building and to make a difference in our neighbors and in our schools and in our district service buildings and everywhere that there's influence, God has asked us to lay down pipelines to send his spirit into it. And what is that pipeline? It's you, it's me, it's everybody. And the challenge is this. I'm just going to issue a challenge today. I need four people to stand up and say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be a representative to Bill Wright Elementary. I'm going to be a, a representative to Hall Middle School. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to build a relationship with those students, with the faculty, with the teachers, with the staff. I'm going to love them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to stand in the gap and say, I'm here as a liaison of the people of God. I need four people. So if that's on your heart today, there's one. All right. There we go. And so what that's going to look like is you just walk over there. You walk in the faculty and say, hey, I'm here to serve. How can I serve? Do I need to scrape gum off the bottom of the, of the tables? I mean, what, what do I need to do? I'm just here to be a resource to you. I'm here to be Jesus in this place. Because right now, guys, the walls and our school systems, the walls and our community are torn down and the enemy is running amok. We got to have somebody to come in and stand in the gap. Somebody that can start building the wall back up. Somebody that can start bringing some truth and interjecting the Spirit of God into these places. The faculty are overworked. My, son's a, my son is a teacher, trust me. I hear the stories. They're unequipped for the culture of today. We've asked, I'm not going to go on a rail here, but we've asked our teachers to do what our parents should be doing. They're not, they're not trained for that. They're trained to educate. So we need people to stand in the gap, to tie a line, to make a difference. And this building that we're wanting to build, that we will build, there we go, not wanting, we're changing our words, right? We are building this, all right, this building, this building we will build, it, it represents something. It represents a spiritual disconnect between us and the next generation. Because here's the adult building, here's the kids building far away. There's a connect. There's a disconnect. There's a gap there. And it's not just a physical thing. And look, there's, there's all kinds of security things with that because here I am a parent 
And I love my kids. Some of you, you drop them off like maybe we won't get them back. That's good. But I love my kids. <laughs> and I drop them off over there and I'm like, okay. So I have to walk across over here and sit down away from my, like arm's reach. I can't get to my kid. Like it just feels like you can't get to your child. Trust me, that's just right there. I mean, it's only, you know, 15, 20 feet, but it just, there's a disconnect there. And I, I've heard stories of parents coming in and they drop their kids off and they're like, okay, so what do I do now? I was like, well, you go to the other building. He's like, over there, like away from my child. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to take my kid to church. I'm just going to sit with them. Because we want our kids close to us. I'm glad you want your kids close to you. But there's a disconnect. There's a gap there that needs to be closed. When they first bought these buildings, the, the idea was to connect them. The idea was to put them together. But they didn't have the funds and they couldn't do it the way the city wanted them to do it. Because they, needed, they said, well, you have to have enough space for the fire truck to go between, just in case they catch on fire. They need to be able to get to the, 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 the places and, and that's what we're working in the city with now. We're, it's, it's happening. It's good. We've got it where it needs to be. And they're happy with it. But, I'm, I'm, but the, 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 uh, the main goal was to have the buildings connected so we wouldn't have to worry about that. And now, here we are able to connect them to fulfill the vision and the dream of the past generation. And guys, as we move forward, there's going to be things that the next generation says, you know, that generation, they started that and it's good. We're going to finish it. And it's going to go on forever until Jesus comes back. We build on the foundation of another generation like we talked about. Let us be called the ones that repaired it. Let us be the ones that said, I'm going to take up that responsibility. And I'm going to do what the last generation was not able to do. That goes past just this building. That goes into everything. And then he says, you're going to be called the restorer of the streets to dwell in. Well, what does that mean? People don't live in the streets. Well, some people do. But what he's saying is, I'm going to make a safe way for you to get to a, safe, to, to a home, to a secure place, to a home. I'm going to make the road safe so you can get to your safe home. It's a path to a safe dwelling place. In Ukraine right now, they're looking for a path to a safe dwelling place. They have people going in in vans behind enemy lines, pulling people out of Ukraine and bringing them to all these outlying countries. They're risking their life to go into this battle zone to pull people out. And I think it's a beautiful picture of what the church is called to do. We are called to go into the battlefield, to pull people out, to bust them into the kingdom of God. That's what God's called us to do, people. That's what God has always wanted us to do. We're making the road safe. We're making a way to the Father. We should be making highways to the kingdom of God instead of putting up roadblocks for people to get to him. We should be saying salvation is this way. The kingdom is this way. Come on, I know the way. I got the road. We're making the roads safe. We're making the roads plain. There's a highway to the, to the kingdom of heaven. There's a highway to Jesus. See, that's the vision. It's a safe place. It's a safe place for people to come. A few years ago, we had a, we had a prayer service in here, and while we were praying, we, just, we saw like people just running through the front door. and It, was, it sounded like bombs going off out there, and I'm not saying we're being bombed or anything, but it, it was, we, we heard these bombs going off, not physically, but in our prayer time. And we saw people coming in, ducked down like this, 
just trying to get in because the world was beating them up and bombing them with everything. And I just saw streams and streams of people coming through those doors. See, this world, man, there's a bombardment upon us. There's no safe place to go. There's no place where you can get the truth. There's no place that you can find hope and peace. We want to be that. We want to be a safe home, a house among many houses in a big kingdom. God's, guys, this isn't about us just getting big so we can say something. It's about, it's about us being one house in a big kingdom saying, we're going to take up the mantle that God's asked us to do. We're going to do what God's called us to do. We're going to lay pipelines to other houses, other churches, help them be a, be a service to each other, always working with one another, you know, because what God's called us to do may be different than what we called God, the church, right down the road to do. God has given each church its own mantle. God has given each church its own assignment. And so I want to serve my assignment and not try and serve somebody else's assignment. But if I can help them do their assignment, then let's help them. Like I said, we're just one house in a big kingdom. This project isn't about building a building. It's about building what God was wanting to do. And it's also simply making a space for more people to know him. It's not, it's not the building that matters. It's what happens in the building. That's what matters. That's what matters. See, it's the compassion that goes on in here. The moment the doors open up, people know that there's a safe place to come. There's, there's a place where they can come and meet with Jesus. I talk to people all the time after service, and they, they come to me, their tears in their eyes, and like, I know why you call this water house, because I've just been crying the whole time. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's have, let's have more of that. Let's have more people just coming and crashing in with God, sitting down. From the moment they sit down to the time they leave, they're just meeting with God the whole time. I don't, I don't care if they hear a word I say or the worship team says, but when they're hearing from God, that's what matters. It's not about a guy up here. It's not about a talking head. It's about God speaking to them. We're just vessels to be used. Let's have more of that. Let's have more of that. Let's, let's make highways and not obstacles. Let's, let's build, a, build a road for people to come and find Jesus. Because Jesus built a road for you. Jesus followed that road to the cross so that you can be saved and you be set free. He opened the highway for us to get to the heaven. The highway to heaven is Jesus. It's not a show on TV from a long time ago. It's Jesus. He made that happen. He makes it happen. He wants to do something in our lives if we just let him. Hey, Christian, if you can come up and just play something while I close. How many people do you know in our community, maybe in your neighborhood, maybe in your house, that don't know Jesus, that don't know, they know about Jesus, but they don't really know Jesus? They don't know what he can do for them. They don't know the life that's truly life through Jesus Christ. They don't understand that. Justin, you want to come play something on piano? Yeah, that's good. Go, Justin. No pressure. But there's people, man, they don't, they don't know. 
I don't know. I mean, I was one of those people. I lived my whole life not knowing. I knew about Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. It was all up here. I had nothing in here. It never took root in my heart. And that day when Jesus took root in my heart, that day when decades happened, when I gave my life to Jesus fully and surrendered to him fully, that's when everything shifted. And that's what God's done in your life, so many of your lives. And, And there's people just waiting and they're hungry and they're thirsty and they're waiting for somebody to tell them, this is the way, this is the way to salvation. This is the way to God. And God wants us to use this church. He wants to use this church to help that be fulfilled. I want, I want to do two things. First, you know, Easter is among, right around their corner. Easter, somebody, some people are excited about Easter. Amen. All right. Easter's good. You get to eat all your kids' candy. I mean, it's the best candy and. During the whole season, I mean, you got Cadbury eggs and all that good stuff. It's good stuff. But Easter's right around the corner. And next week, I'm going to challenge us to find three people that we can start praying for, start serving, and start bringing and inviting to Easter service because Easter is the easiest time to get people to church. Easter is the easiest time to get people to come. Like, hey, come to Easter. Come to our Easter service. So we're going to have two so we can fit everybody in here. We got one at 9 and one at 11. And there's some invite cards on the back there. I want you to take one of those and just think about it, who you can give that to this week. And then next week, we're going to give you some other stuff to do to think about those other people. Because God's wanting to invite them into this invitation, into this life that's truly life, into this life that they can never, ever dream possible. God wants to use us to do it. But we got to put some feet to our faith we got to invite somebody. we got to ask them to come. The next thing I'm going to do while he plays this is I'm just going to ask for your commitment on this building. Do you have a picture of the building up there? I'm going to put it up there, what, we, what we're planning on doing. It's very small. You probably can't see it. But see, the center of space there has space for youth because right now they're meeting in here. It's great, but they need their own space. They need their own space to meet with Jesus. They need their own space. So I can see kids walking in to that youth room and colliding with the power of Jesus Christ. We're going to have a nice foyer space where people can really talk because you know what? It's in those, it's in those moments not just here on, on Sunday, but it's the moments after and before church when God really ministers to people. Guys, I see it. Before church, we're in here praying for each other. We're in here talking to each other. We're in here building each other up. After church, there's people here talking and there's people here praying for one another, building each other up. I say this all the time. I got to kick y'all out of here. But we'll have more space for that to happen, those God conversations to happen. And we'll have new bathrooms. Yeah, some people are excited about those. And they'll be up to code and yeah, and they'll flush. That's good. <laughs> and they'll flush. Uh, yeah. Um, and then we plan, we have a media room right now. We're going to push it back and, and, and make it a little nicer in there to do media stuff. And we'll have a meeting room there for just conversations to happen and, and meetings to happen that are going to influence the community. We have office space there as well in there. But see, it's just a building, guys. It's just 
it's just metal and concrete and bolts. It's what's in the building that makes a difference. You know why people come in and start crying? You know why people come in here and their lives are shifted? It's not because of this building. It's because of who's in this building, his people. Jesus says, where two or three or more are gathered in my name, there I am also. And when the people of God gather, there's a power to it. And that's what happens through that. We're going to redesign the kids' building, the kids' area, and, and give them more space, give them more flexibility, give them more things that they need. And then all this is going to be sanctuary. We'll have to double the seating capacity in here. And, you know, the building's one thing, but we got to buy chairs. We, we got to upgrade some sound stuff so you can hear it in the back. And you're not getting blasted here in the front. You know, there's things that go with it. And, you know, God's going to make sure it happens. But guess what? He's going to make sure it happens through us. <laughs> and and it's, it, look, I'm not, asking for, uh, I'm not asking for anything but equal sacrifice here, guys. That's it. Whatever you feel like you can do. And so in the seat in front of you, there's this little commitment card. I'm going to ask you to get it out right now. Um, if, if you need an extra one, please raise your hand and Karen will get you one. Because this is really kind of one per family. And this is a one-year commitment. A one-year commitment. It's a faith commitment. It's a faith promise saying, the Lord willing, I'm going to do this this year toward this project. So the Bridge the Gap commitment card, it says, in order to bridge the gap, I commit to give blank a month, making my yearly commitment this much. I'm just going to simply sign it, put your email on there so we can contact you and thank you for that and let you keep you updated of, of the process that's going on. And then there's a little part you can tear off and keep for yourself. We want the, we want the big piece. You can keep the small piece. You can put it in your wallet, put it on your refrigerator, wherever. That way you can look at it. You can pray and say, God, I'm, I'm going to give towards this because it's making a difference in people's lives. And, and we're going to see this through. We're going to see it done because God's faithful. He's faithful through his people. It's his people that make a difference. And so I'm going to give you a few minutes. I'm going to pray over it. And I'm going to give you a few minutes to pray over it. And then just whatever you feel like God puts on your heart, just fill it out. And then uh, Lee's going to come with some ushers and, and take those up from you. And then we'll move on to the next part of service. So Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity, God. I thank you, Lord, for the courage to step out. Thank you, Lord, for the, for the gap that's already been bridged so many, with so many lives here today. God, I pray that we do that even more so. God, that when this building is, is done and completed, we can look back and say, God, you have been so faithful, so good. Lord, you have helped us this far. That we can raise a shout to you, God, as we move forward, that our faith would be built. God, that we would understand who you are and how good you are. God, that our, our community would be shaken by what we're doing here today, God. That other churches, God, are built up and strengthened because we're here. God, I pray, Lord, that every person in here would, would understand who you are and that they would grow in faith as well. God, make us as big as that water tower sitting out there, God, each individual pouring out into the community. Thank you for that. God, I pray right now, Lord, as we commit to this financial decision together, God, that it would meet the needs for this project, 
and even more so, God. Lord, I thank you for that, God. Give us faith, give us courage, give us strength, Lord, to do this in this time, in this moment, for this place. In Jesus' name, amen.